you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Bidiki ako se napravi greška, tak je bide kobna. Nema vrakinja nazad. So, Europe need to, to remain more sexypil lady in the world. Ajde, majkata! Gospode, čuva Macedonija i nizinite gregi. It is officially springtime in Macedonia and the Northern Hemisphere, but not as the producers envisioned it for Hitler nor Germany, as the song goes. And as this beleaguered old world celebrates springtime and autumn in the Southern Hemisphere, that world, once again, finds itself on a type of precipice. But before we get to that, the advent of springtime also means that the results of the Macedonian census are about to be released. What shenanigans can we expect with those numbers? Will the arrogant and brash football hooligan turned politician Artan Gruby do a victory dance? And will the Bulgarians demand, well, more, quote, Bulgarians, unquote, in Macedonia? Because it is Bulgaria, after all, that is the current EU country of the day, holding Macedonia hostage to the start of EU accession talks. But not to fear! EU foreign policy supremo Josip Boro was recently in Macedonia to talk about this very subject reminding Macedonians that they must come to a, quote, mutually acceptable, unquote, agreement with Bulgaria on certain sensitive subjects. Now, gosh golly gee whiz, whiz, where and when have we heard those two words together before? We'll discuss all of this and more in this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Svetan Sholimanov in Skopje, Macedonia. How you doing, Svetan? Yeah, a bit tired, a lot of work, but... Not yeah. complaining. <laughs> Springtime coming? Yeah, yeah. Good. Very rapidly, actually. Excellent. It's always better. Still cold, but we should turn the corner around uh, this week. Good. And I know you, you do your daylight savings time this coming weekend. Uh, we're recording this yeah. episode 134 of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast on, let's see, what is today? Monday, March 21. So most of the, this country changed their clocks uh, last week and Europe changes your clocks next week and we in Arizona don't change our clocks at all because we are on God's time all the time. <laughs> so uh well good that'll uh, that'll change our schedule here in these these podcasts but uh, it's always better for the people I think when uh, there's a little more light later in the day and things warm up and and uh, at least there's something to be hopeful about in this uh, yeah. as I called it this beleaguered old world. Um because the, the year is off to not a, not a great start. <laughs> yes, it, I don't. I can't remember. Did we we did do predictions? I think at the end of twenty twenty one about twenty twenty two. I'd have to go back and. Yeah, did find you that. mention something about nuclear holocaust? <laughs> <laughs> Jason, why do you laugh so easily at that? They all asked. Uh, well, because you, you kind of have to. So at times. So. Yeah. What's oh, the alternative? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, but springtime. So again, this is March twenty-one. So March thirty. So next week, the census results uh, will be released. Do we have mm-hmm. any hint? Uh, I'm sure we got hints. But are there any leaks? I mean, come on, man. Uh, people want to mm-hmm. know. Our listeners want to know. They demand uh, information. What uh, What do you know? Yeah, there's going to be like a large event in the uh, in the Philharmonic Hall, the newly built uh, oval-shaped concert hall in Skopje. Uh, by the uh, statistics bureau, they are holding like a concert, a gathering, a fiesta, 
to reveal the the data for, from the census, which uh, you know was very con controversial from the start because uh, uh, for the first time we are formally counting the immigrants uh, as uh, among the residents. This was a key demand for the from the Albanians who feared that their numbers will be. Uh, much reduced as a percentage of population if we don't count the Albanians who have left Macedonia and uh, um, emigrated uh, to Europe. Uh, so uh, it's from the start it was widely expected that there is going to be a mess. The Albanian diaspora massively participated while the Macedonian diaspora does not really want to have all that much to do with uh, uh, this country at the moment under this current government and administration. So uh, they boycotted the census and uh, there will be a significant change in the percentages which last time around after the, again in another controversial census after the war in 2001 uh, we had 25% Albanians against 67-18% uh, Macedonians. This will definitely change now and we all expect it will be to the you know to have the Albanian numbers inflated, but we'll see by how much. And uh, the head of the Statistics Bureau, who was threatening uh, citizens not to boycott the census because it was taking time in, the, in a very nasty way of the pandemic. Mm. Uh, he, a few days ago, he said, okay, I know I, I will be the uh, you know, hate figure for the entire country after the results come out on the 30th. Uh, uh, and, but, you know, this is the numbers we just do statistics like it's not a political thing so he practically announced that there will be some very unhappy and satisfied parties with uh, the census albanian politicians are uh, you know pulling numbers out of their hats they say like 35% albanians 45% macedonians with a large share of bulgarians mm. but this is like pure speculation we don't know if uh, if anything, the Bulgarians were angry that uh, their push to have as many Macedonians rediscover their Bulgarian roots uh, hmm. is not proceeding as well as they hoped, and they were quite. There were media reports in Bulgaria that uh, you know that they're angry that uh, so few people are counting themselves as Bulgarians in the census. And from anecdotal evidence, I, I I've uh, also heard this that there would be like a minuscule number of uh, Bulgarians in the census. But um, this is what was allegedly reported by the people. If there will be some uh, massaging of the numbers uh, in this very long period of uh, analyzing of the data, which took like half a year, mm, which is really incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. In a... In a in uh, less than a week, we'll know whether you know what direction we're taking. The U.S. Embassy very strongly pushed for the census to take place in the middle of the Corona uh, uh, wave and with concerns that were raised in the public. So this will likely be a pointer in the future direction of Macedonia, about which we've discussed often here that it's probably grim and. Um, we don't know where the country is heading, and this might be an important milestone on this path.
come on, man. I was just trying to talk about springtime <laughs> and daylight savings time and people being a little more optimistic and hopeful, and you just go and, and then crap you, on it. And then you switch bigger. to demographics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nowhere are demographics a laughing matter, but especially here. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, the, the, the whole point of a census anywhere is to count the number of people in a given location at a moment in time. It is not to count the people who are outside of the country. So to your point that this is what the Albanians, ethnic Albanian leadership minority in Macedonia demanded, should have been resisted. Um, no surprise that, that the government caved in because the government um, citizen is, is of the left and is doesn't believe in things like, uh, you know, doesn't strongly believe, I should say, in things like nationhood, mm, statehood, yeah. identity, etc. Uh, plus they're pressured by as you mentioned, um, uh, the U.S. Embassy and, and other embassies yep. uh, from uh, the EU nations. Uh, now, of course, Macedonia had not had a census since, what, 2002? 2000, yeah. Yeah, 2002, I think. Uh, 20 years, essentially, by the time these results come out. But still, if you're going to do a census, you got to do it right. And, and two things, holding it during the middle of corona and then agreeing, acquiescing, uh, making yourself subservient, whatever you want to call it, to the demands of the Albanians. Uh, of course, uh, I hope that they that when the numbers come out that we do know what those numbers are, how many people were actually in Macedonia during, you know, counted in the census and how many were outside of Macedonia because, to my mind at least, those would be the official numbers. So, But, <clears throat> yeah, this is, this is the next um, big issue vis-a-vis -vis Macedonia that, uh, that we can look forward to debating and, and being angry over, etc. Uh, longer term, uh, maybe this is a subject for another another podcast another time. Longer term, what do you do about that? How do you get Macedonians to come back? How do you oh. encourage, frankly, ethnic Albanians to leave? Uh, you know, no, we're doing very well on encouraging okay. everybody, everybody to leave, not just ethnic Albanians. Everybody to leave. It's a it's an equal opportunity yeah, program. Yeah, bringing somebody back here... You know, usually is followed by what? What the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Or, or actually, in my case, my my favorite uh, part was when I asked an Albanian who was doing some work uh, for me. Uh, he said, "Well, I lived in Switzerland, and Laya, are you crazy? Why did you come back?" And I quickly regretted this as I realized from his face that he actually had done something in uh, the country where he <laughs> he was that. He had not much choice to come back. I said, okay, okay, no more questions. I'm, I'm just finished the job and I'm yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, and, and as you mentioned, the, the Bulgarian side of this mm -hmm. whole census, uh, obviously the, the Bulgarian government, uh, past government, current government, uh, have been handing out passports like candy to anybody who will declare themselves to have some relative in the past mm -hmm. that was a Bulgarian. And they do that, of course, because... Macedonians, and I sure, I'm sure they do this in other countries, want to have EU membership or be able to yeah. have a passport that allows them to go into EU at work, etc. So the Bulgarians are going to demand that, you know, whatever that actual number is, and nobody really knows what it is, that all those people be counted as Bulgarians yeah. in Macedonia. Um, but I think I had seen numbers some time ago that the number of people who actually declared themselves as ethnic Bulgarians in the census was far yeah. less than even a thousand, maybe a few hundred, I don't know. Uh, there will be a few thousand, uh, I'm sure, see, but not more than that. I thousand, doubt okay. more than All that. Right. All right. Well, well, we'll know next week. Uh, but that then leads us back to uh, Bulgaria. Um, so, as so I, as I mentioned in the monologue, uh, Josep Boro, the uh, EU uh, 
foreign policy supremo mm -hmm. uh, was there last week saying that you have to have uh, agreed a mutually acceptable um it must be a mutually, mutually acceptable agreement between Macedonia and Bulgaria, which means you've got to give in to Bulgaria's demands. Uh, the Prime Minister Kirill Petkov today was talking to the Greek uh, newspaper Kapamanini uh, that, uh, you know, uh, absolutely will support Macedonia, mm. but uh, they, they've got to agree to all our demands. Uh, and then I see the Prime Minister Kovacevsky has said that, uh, yes, we're making good progress on agreeing to those demands, and we'll let you know after we've agreed to those demands, what those demands were, and what we agreed to give away. So uh, it just it's the same old story. It's the same movie. We've seen this a thousand times. Um. Uh, I don't know what to expect here anymore. I mean, <laughs> uh, there's been uh, initially optimistic comments from uh, Pitkov that he will wrap this all up by June. And then he was quickly shut down. He, he told this, I don't know, the Financial Times or The Economist, something like that. And then he was quickly shut down by... Uh, uh, the president, Radev, by his uh, Bulgarian Socialist Party coalition partner. And, um, and of course, he also has the uh, Slavic Trifonov people in his coalition. So mm. it's a big mess of a coalition there. So then they had a number of meetings with Kovacevsky. Everything was looking rosy. Afterwards, um, Bulgarian people started talking, uh, officials started talking about the lack of any progress uh, other than, you know, on the political issues, other than the declared uh, good intentions. So we don't know. June is approaching. Mm. The EU has these summits every six months. And uh, this time it's going to be all about Ukraine, obviously. So whether uh, Ukraine gets the, you know, the candidacy status, well, we don't even get the accession talks date after being a candidate for so long it's it's a possibility uh it's possible mm -hmm. that some deal will be made in which you know uh some demands are met at, at outright by kovacevsky and the rest are uh lined up um, so the something that apparently kovacevsky was also offering to the eu was that we agree as a country that uh the demand uh, from Bulgaria that we amend the constitution and name the Bulgarian uh, nation or minority as part of the preamble, as one of the constituent nations of Macedonia, that uh, this is made part of the EU accession process in Macedonia, of Macedonia, so that the pressure no longer comes from Bulgaria, but from the EU as, as a whole. And any other government, a, a future Vimero government would not be able to to avoid this, uh, and uh, Kovacevsky does not have the numbers at the moment to do this. Vimero said, okay, we'll accept this, but uh, we, we want a written guarantee from the EU that uh, this will be the last demand, and nobody's giving anything like that, because obviously there will be many more demands in the future. And now we're stuck, we're in a worsening uh, rhetoric over Ukraine, because um, uh, you know, it was very quickly noticed that uh, what Putin says about Ukraine, that it's a country made up by Lenin, by the Communist inter International, uh, that it was never an actual country, that they were all Russians and uh, spoke Russian through their history. Uh, it's very similar to what Bulgarians are seeing on Macedonia. And uh, a number of Macedonian officials men uh, said this. So uh, on one hand, the left is the SM... Uh, uh, drones, they're very anti-Russian, uh, 
they're very they're trying to endear themselves to the to the U.S. embassy here, uh, which put them in power in the first place. So they're they're saying uh, things along these lines that look uh, uh, rush the demands Russia makes of uh, Ukraine. They're very similar to the Bulgarian demands of us. Ergo, we should support Ukraine. Uh, then Alexander Nikolovsky from Vimera made the same comparison that you cannot deny a nation, its history, its origin. You cannot claim it's part of your nation unless, you know, it, it will lead, obviously, to territorial claims. So Bulgaria even launched a formal uh, protest through the foreign ministry that we must stop making this comparison. So it applies both to Vimera officials and to journalists, Twitterati from uh, ISDSM, and even some very close to the embassy who were uh, coming out with this position in their attempt to get Macedonians to support the pro-American side, the Ukrainian side in, in the war. So, uh, but obviously Bulgaria now greatly, strongly resents this comparison. Yeah, it's and it's it, and really when you when you take a step back and and kind of look at this whole situation in a, in a, as dispassionately as is humanly possible, mm. it is a, a complete jumble. Uh, left is right and right is left and up is down and down is up and it's just kind of uh, sometimes it's it's hard to fathom. I mean, I, I would I would look at it as not not a a situation of supporting the Americans or supporting the EU, but my God in heaven, the the Ukrainians are literally being shot to death. Mm. Children are being bombed. Elderly are being starved to death or killed. Or, I mean, there's just absolute carnage and destruction going th- going on in throughout Ukraine. And you don't have to be say you're pro U.S. or pro EU or anti Russia. I mean. Poor Ukrainians are literally dying as we are recording this podcast. Men, women, and children, innocent ones. Uh, and their cities are being leveled to the ground. Uh, and, you know, that's the issue here. And, and you know, now I know there are some people who would say that the Bulgarians should simply surrender. Well, <laughs> as it turns out, uh, the idea of freedom and liberty and sovereignty is kind of important to the Ukrainians. I believe it's important to the Macedonians. I mean, I've spent 26 years of my life talking about this and how it, the, the sovereignty and nationhood and the identity of the Macedonians is important. Uh, I think it's interesting here. I was just reading this uh, Katamarini article with uh, Kirill Petkov, the, Mas- uh, the Bulgarian prime minister. Uh, and he uh, in, in, apparently Moscow asked for uh, NATO to withdraw from Bulgaria and Romania, and, and Kirill Petkov said, quote, I do not like the idea of anyone telling us what we should and should not do. We are an independent state, and we can make our own choices. Yeah, I agree with him. Uh, that applies to every other nation state as well. And so Macedonia should be able to decide whether or not it wants to change its name. Uh, Ukraine should be able to decide whether or not it wants to join the EU, uh, which is going back to 2014, uh, and they can certainly decide if they want to be a sovereign, independent nation-state and fight to the to the death, apparently, hmm. which is what they're doing. Uh, so I would I would hope that people would be able to take a you know take a look and say I'm 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 supporting Ukraine not because I'm pro EU or US uh, because Ukrainians are dying and that's wrong and and uh, 
Vladimir Putin should not be, should never have engaged in this war in the first place. I mean, you know, there there are, and I and I get it. I I've, I've been following, and and of course, let me caveat this whole thing by saying, Twitter is not real life. Mm. We all know that. Uh, majority of people in 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 civilized countries are not on Twitter. Uh, it is a cesspool. Uh, it's, it's also a good source of information if you know what to look for and you know how to use it. It's a tool. Uh, and so, you know, I follow, you know, certain folks on Twitter from the Macedonian side, but that doesn't represent the entire sum of opinion in Macedonia. Just as in America, uh, if you follow anybody who's an American that's on Twitter, you, you can't base any real uh, descriptions about the country or the people based on how people tweet. Uh, Twitter in America is very leftist, uh, I think, as we all know. Um, but I, I get the the frustration and the anger that Macedonians have in this in this whole situation, um, and I get the accusations leveled against the United States of of the wrongs that the United States has committed. I mean, my goodness, we, you know, the our original sin was slavery. Uh, we also did something about it. We fought a war, and and you know. Hundreds of thousands of Americans, brothers shot at brothers and fathers shot at sons and sons shot at fathers on, you know, being on both sides of the of the divide and died to get rid of slavery. And we're still working on it. Uh, and uh, now Afghanistan, uh, Afghanistan was a war of, of uh, necessity, not a choice. Mm-hmm. There's two wars, wars of choice, wars of necessity. It was a war of necessity. We said... To the government of Afghanistan, hand over Osama bin Laden after 9-11. They didn't. We invaded. Stayed too long, in my opinion. I think most Americans agree. Most Americans wanted to leave, but we didn't want to leave the way we did, which was a humiliation. Uh, I think we all agree on that. Uh, Iraq, I'm on record. It was wrong to go in Iraq. We didn't need to go in there. They never had weapons of mass destruction. Uh, Colin Powell, uh, God rest his soul, uh, said, you know, he was very uncomfortable saying that, that UN uh, Security uh, Council meeting. Uh, So all that to say that the U.S. has made many, many mistakes, but, and we're not in a war with you in in Ukraine right now. We're, we're, we're doing what every other country on the planet does and has done throughout all of history, which is sell or give weapons and support and things like that to others. Plus, under the UN Charter, Ukraine has the right to ask for assistance. That's a, that's a fact, um, even though they're not a member of NATO or the EU. Um, but, you know, going, going, again, going back, and I'm kind of on a long rambling rant right now, uh, g- going back to this whole thing and how Macedonians feel about it and things like that, and their, I think, the desire of some, some in the Twitter sphere to see the United States kind of pummeled in this whole thing, although you can't really pummel giant like that um on on balance on whole i think the united states has been good for humanity it's done more good than evil now i'm happy to have that debate with people who disagree with me i'd I'd love love to have that debate with people who disagree with me but i think you know elon musk was born in south africa and he came to the united states he didn't go to russia there's a reason for that i'm done (laughs) Oh well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we were uh, taking us kind of a step back and 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 looking at um, you know the, the it started with the whole idea of Bulgarians denying 
the identity yeah, of yeah, yeah. Macedonians <laughs> and compared that and said that it's a, the Macedonia is a creation of Tito and compared yeah, that with what yeah. <laughs> Vladimir Putin has said about Lenin and the Ukrainians. Um, I mean, you want to talk about a, a, a nation building project? Uh, we all we all joke about that and complain about that in terms of how the U.S. and the EU, especially mm-hmm. the U.S., you know, runs around trying to do nation building projects. Well, Vladimir Putin in four weeks has yeah. uh, done an incredible nation building product mm-hmm. project for Ukrainians. Uh, they are more solidified in their identity as Ukrainians than ever before. I would venture. Uh, and and the the even if the war ended right now, the anger between Ukrainians and Russians yeah, will last yeah. for generations. Yeah. Decades. Yeah, of course, so, of course. We saw it in Yugoslavia. Uh, well, I, I told you we should have done a, yeah. a fully a Ukraine podcast again. <laughs> no point <laughs> talking anything else, except especially now that there is really not all that much happening in in Macedonia at the moment. Everything is on hold. Uh, even Mitskovsky said we're, he's suspending uh, the possibility of protests until you know Ukraine lasts and uh, the main other stories like the gas prices and fuel shortages are again uh, and food shortages are they're not shortages but there is like panic by buys are linked to Ukraine um I mean I guess so there uh, are so sir? yeah every, sorry not actually that's a good let's let's talk about that a little bit we didn't I know we didn't mention it in the uh the in our discussions before the podcast but yeah I mean every country number one even before the war, there was inflation, uh, and, and that was a result, I think, in, in, in many countries, yeah. especially here, of too much money chasing too few goods, and that too much money came from the government in our case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, inflation is at its highest peak here in over 40 years, and it's inflation's going on around the world. But, yeah, the Ukraine situation hasn't helped that. And then then you've got issues like, um, I can't, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, and I haven't looked them up yet but ukraine and russia produce a a hell of a lot of wheat for the world yeah yeah. uh and ukrainian farmers should have been planting at the beginning of march obviously they haven't done that the funny the the funny i shouldn't say funny the the sad thing about this whole thing is is that the countries that are going to get hurt most in the fall are african countries and other third world countries who import their wheat from ukraine Uh, i was just looking at some numbers that actually you know it's uh the Ukrainian and Russian experts put together a minuscule mm. compared to the uh, American production uh, uh, that goes to ethanol. So yeah, I mean th- there is mm. there is enough right. uh, to go around that something you could you guys could uh, you know uh, divert immediately. I think only the 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 amount that goes to corn syrup would be would be enough to feed the <laughs> the, the 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 world uh, you know the but yeah there are we, we it happens every few days that uh, we have reports that, pictures from a supermarket that there is lack of uh, flour especially the large mm. commercial sizes packs and uh, cooking oil gets um, because ukraine is huge on uh, on uh, sunflower uh, seeds sunflower and seed. yeah so yeah, we get that. We get uh, we had spikes of uh, gas prices, and then uh, uh, and the, even calls to boycott like the second or the third largest chain in the country of petrol stations, which is Lukoil. Uh, a call for a boycott from the foreign minister, no less. And there was like a protest against this, and uh, uh, like pro-Russian minor politicians would go and deliberately pump fuel at this gas station. Uh, so the prices are now. Toned, uh, brought down by 
uh, reduction in the tax. But um, yeah, it's it's a very very difficult situation. The energy crisis has gotten worse with uh, with the war because uh, the the little gas we import is very important for heating the country. So for a few more weeks, we'll be we'll still be in the danger zone with heating. So. Yeah, it's um, but springtime. Going going back to what we started, yeah. springtime is coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we still need it for electricity. We still still need yeah. Russia for electricity, but yeah, in a, I guess they lose their strategic advantage uh, uh, in a few months. I mean, they're still important in supplying Germany with gas for the electricity and other needs. But yeah, I, I suppose consumption will will drop. So yeah, it doesn't. Doesn't doesn't this speak to though? I mean, the you know again taking a step back, the the need for leaders in Macedonia, right, left, center, whatever, to sit down and at least on on these big issues to to sit down and come to an agreement on how do how do we become a little bit more self sufficient mm. or how do we source our whatever we import foodstuffs, energy, etc. How do we source it for more diverse uh, countries or or many more countries so we don't have to depend on any one or two in particular. You know, these these are big long-term issues that I think the government, the leaders should address if they could just set aside their petty differences because those affect everybody. Listen, uh, we've been practically under U.S. control since 1999 when the U.S. intervened in Kosovo and actually you know, took it over. And we have all, you know, the Russians made their incursion to the Pristina airport, left a few days later, and we all understood that we are now under the U.S., uh, patronage, tutelage, whatever. Uh, we, this was affirmed in Macedonia in 2001. Uh, and uh, since then, we've been sitting here waiting for investments. You know, the U.S. is fabulously cash-rich. We are uh, some kind of like an investment opportunity. Growing market, nothing compared to China or, you know, or the size of, let's say, Ukraine or Russia, places that American businesses... COVID, but still, you know, uh, we are now under the umbrella of the U.S. and uh, we expected uh, money for highways. We expected uh, that the U.S. has strategic designs for the region that will include pipelines. Remember how often, you know, poor Tashkovich would go around telling us he has <laughs> a, an oil pipeline going through Macedonia lined up. It was a major story in Macedonian newspapers every few months. We would write about the AMBO pipeline, etc., and nothing ever happened. In fact, I was I was pretty sure that uh, the, the uh, American in, uh, businesses uh, lined up uh, building a coal plant in Kosovo, which they have owned since '99 um, entirely, like lock, stock, and barrel. It's a comp it's an American province, and I there was a lot of resistance because it's coal, it's hurting Mother Nature, and poor Kosovars were still. Uh, having on and off power cuts because there is no proper electricity supply. So I assumed that this resistance to building the, this project uh, was broken. And they, they started working on this like a few years ago. Last thing I had heard about this unfortunate uh, power plant project was that it's lined up and it will replace the aging existing plants add new capacity and make Kosovo, as you say, self-sufficient. And now when we started having the current uh, ongoing energy crisis, I spoke to somebody from Kosovo, I say, hey, what happened? You, How far along are you with the, the plant that the Americans were supposed to finance and build for you? 
And he says, oh, no, it was stopped like years ago. No, again, with the green stuff, we, we are not working on this. Now we are, again, have all this coal and nothing is happening. So we tried, we hoped for, you know, we sided with the West. We hoped for infrastructure, let's say EU money for roads and railways uh, on a non-commercial basis because it's not worth building them commercially on our demographics. And we hoped for American commercial loans and a strategic vision for energy in the region. And nothing happened. Our only serious offers are coming from China and highways and railways. And this, this is being, uh, these uh, people coming to make these offers are being kicked out of the country uh, by the Americans who do not then offer an alternative. Or if there is an alternative to the Chinese uh, highway funds, it comes in the shape of uh, Pechtel, and we still don't have the number which, uh, how much their project uh, is going to cost us for two and a half highways in Macedonia, but I'm sure it's going to be two or three times more than the Chinese were offering with much worse repayment uh, deals. We did not get an energy security offer for the region from the US. We are only now uh, having this idea to build a LNG plant uh, terminal in Greece, which will hook us to, to, to Greece. I mean, strategically for us, it's and between the Russians and the Greeks, uh, who would control my energy? I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, and uh, instead of the US funding this, we are, as Macedonia, we are asked to, to fund a project in Greece, an American-sponsored project in Greece, uh, to give like at least a quarter of the funding. So it's, I don't know what to tell you. It's really not... Uh, the U.S. has not really been a prudent landowner here in this part of the world. And this is why so, uh, not to, I'm not even going into the picking favorites in the ethnic divisions here, uh, in the ethnic tapestry we have, uh, and picking favorites in the political side, siding with one political faction against the other, consistently siding with one against the other. Uh, so... It's, um, we were uh, Americans to lose and, uh, you know, as a, as a people, as a country, as hearts and minds, etc. And, you know, the U.S. Mm -hmm. actually worked very hard to achieve this and, and lose us. Yeah, you make some good points there, although I'll, I'll kick it back a little bit and, and say that ultimately it is the decision of leaders in Macedonia to either accept or reject those uh, demands, requests, entreaties, whatever you want to call them, from whether it's the U.S. or the EU or any other country. And uh, because of the government of the past five years in Macedonia, Citizen Dewey, uh, that's why these things have happened, because those individual leaders have agreed to do those things, uh, even when it is against the will of the people, obviously mm -hmm. case in point being, of course, the name change. Uh, so I would, I would put it in there, uh, I'd place the primary blame with, um, with the leadership there on these things. I mean, we can go back to talk about the, the, the previous, uh, government for citizen, which, uh, you know, Vomero under Nikola Grosky. Uh, you can fault Nikola Grosky for a lot of things, but I think everybody, Macedonians would objectively agree that 
that life was better yeah. when when he was there uh, because he he did stand up in many ways not all the time but he did stand up and he did have a vision uh, and so yeah and then, and then yeah we can relitigate the whole issue of, of how the citizen got into power etc uh, but at the same time I think we need to to, to look at okay that's that's been done that's how do we get rid of them now uh, and and I think uh, Miskolski should be out in the streets protesting I think he should do whatever he can to try and bring down the government the embassy won't let him he actually says that the embassy won't let him <laughs> he said that I'd like yeah. where did he say that uh, he was on television he was asked okay you said protests in spring what happens and he said well look you, you see there is this war in Ukraine and uh, if we do this, we will be seen by the international factors as we are destabilizing the country and they will not look kindly on it. I mean, there was just, this morning there was like satirical articles, even days after he made the statement, it's still making news. Uh, he was being mocked in public by, you know, uh, another lapdog of the, of the U.S. Embassy. Well, I'll go back. I'll, then I'll have to go back and quote uh, Kirill Petkov, the prime minister next door. Mm. I do not like the idea of anyone telling us what we should and should not do. We are an independent state. We make our own choices. I mean, it's up to Misko to decide if he wants to go out and protest or but not. But even Petkov, Petkov just had his predecessor arrested. He couldn't oh, wait yeah, to, we, to replace we, the, the prosecutor in the country. They had mm -hmm. Boyko Borisov charged and uh, briefly detained. Uh, no sympathy here for Borisov. He did tremendous <laughs> damage to Macedonian-Bulgarian yeah. relations with the veto policy. But he was arrested not on a Bulgarian prosecutor's uh, order, but by, by but on order of the a prosecutor appointed by the EU. Mm. And for Pitkov, this is a huge success. He could mm. have waited for six more months or something to replace the prosecutor, who is obviously Borisov's crony and would not charge him uh, if his life depended on it, but to go the other way and have uh, a prosecutor parachuted in from Brussels and charging your predecessor, helping you out in the political fight. Uh, after all, we know here in Macedonia about how the, the, the West, when the West comes around, like the uh, Johannes Hans of this world, European commissioners mm -hmm. and the American diplomats and ambassadors come here and select your prosecutor, uh, who is then used to tailor the government uh, to, to, to the choosing of the West, or, you know, mention uh, uh, Ukraine fighting for, fighting for its sovereignty, but there is, again, this video of Biden saying, well, by golly, we replaced their prosecutor with another guy, while my son, while his son was raking in millions in contracts in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, it's not really a sovereign country. I mean, I don't know. Well, yeah, that's that's a that's a, that whole thing, um, the Biden connection in the past, et cetera. Is, we could we could have a whole we could have a week's <laughs> worth of podcast on that probably, but yeah. that's actually yeah. Uh, right now, there's there's bigger issues. Um, all right. Well, we can have let's we we'll have a we'll have another podcast on debating whether or not well, Macedonia and then we're off to Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> whether Macedonia is a sovereign country. Uh, let's do this. Let's, uh, we're running about 38 minutes here so far. Um, I need to finish up a few things, get to work, yeah. but we wanted to talk about, cause we 
talked about it, I think, briefly or, or emailed about it, about the uh, Yanni Cento. Uh, oh, yeah. What's going yeah. on with the, uh, the quote-unquote April 27 prisoners. Uh, and so he was quoted as saying, so, so two of the so-called colorful revolutionaries mm -hmm. uh, that tried to burn down President Ivanov's office in 2016 yeah. were given... Um, were they let off or given lighter sentences? A suspended sentence, I think suspended. like six months in uh, prison, uh, suspended over a few years. Right, okay. Uh, even though they set fire to his office, yeah. which was at the bottom of a, an apartment building with yeah. residents, with men, women, children, could have turned out much worse. Fortunately, it didn't. Whereas those that participated in the so-called April 27th incident were given 15-year sentences. Yeah. Um, and uh, no, I'm going to... I'm very, very sympathetic to, to yeah. Yanni Cinto, um, the great grandson, uh, uh, and and he he said I think he said that that the goal of citizen uh, is to instill here that's a quote instill fear in the public and to quote break the Macedonian spirit. Sadly, they succeeded in this unquote. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I mean. I wish he hadn't said that, but because I, I, I would like to think, I hope, I pray, I've been, you know, the Macedonian spirit is unbreakable, uh, and that, you know, given the past and what all that Macedonia has been through these past 30 years as a modern-day independent nation-state, and then for the many centuries or before that of Macedonia as a people, as a nation, fighting for independence, striving, sacrificing, dying for an independent Macedonian state, all of those men and women that came before, their spirit, they, they may have died, but their spirit wasn't broken. So um, how, do we, how do we instill that spirit in today's uh, Macedonians? I mean, Biana uh, is definitely the best example here uh, mm. of this fighting spirit. Uh, the great-grandson, as you said, of Macedonia's first president after the war, practically a partisan leader, a guerrilla leader, uh, Metodi mm. Andon of Cinto, who was persecuted by the communists. And there is, it's obviously clear that Yane uh, was arrested uh, by the SDSM, the heirs of the communists, because of uh, mm. his last name and because of... Uh, they wanted to send out a message that... Uh, we did this once, we'll do it again, we'll control the country by uh, whatever means necessary. And he was uh, he was sentenced to 15 years for the incident in the parliament, the storming of the parliament, uh, in which I think he kicked uh, Zaev once or twice. Uh, this was tried as terrorism. Mm. Uh, and uh, obviously the case was perverted to the point that uh, it was used to ensnare free members of parliament, uh, from Vemera, whose votes were important later in the imposed name change, and who were then released after they were uh, after they voted for the name change. While in the meantime, the mere participants in the protests uh, were given these draconic uh, sentences, uh, and uh, from the mobs of SDSM uh, protesters during the Colored Revolution. Uh, practically, you know, all of them who were quite close to the U.S. Embassy or uh, uh, SDSM, they were, uh, no, nobody was charged, really. Uh, yeah. For this, one of the worst days, there were maybe like two, one or two other protests that compared to what they did uh, to President Ivanov's office. 
um, to the torching of the office. Uh, so I think six people in total were charged. And these are like, uh, uh, one of them was a prominent political activist, but he didn't fit either with ASDSM or with Levitsa or any other more established group. So he's kind of like a loose cannon in the whole thing. So he was eventually charged. Nobody was there to vouch or to pressure the government and the prosecutors to drop charges against him. So he remained in the uh, in this case and another little known person and they got the suspended sentences. So uh, and they're yeah. OK, they're rightfully saying, listen, nobody there were hundreds of people with us. <laughs> you know, why are only we being charged uh, and um, others who are more, you know, closer to SDSM, they were not, they had the charges dropped. So they have the right to complain that they they got a raw deal by the judiciary while Pianacinto absolutely and the other uh, dozen uh, po clearly political prisoners. These include former interior minister um, Mitko Chavkov and other police officers who uh, who were sentenced for not uh, sending the police quickly enough, allegedly, to disperse the protests. Uh, and uh, you know, this had all the all the chances of having people killed on either side. And there is uh, another travesty here. So one of the persons sentenced in this trial, the only ethnic Albanian in the group, he received a pardon. So uh, this guy was a uh, not a policeman, but a member of the parliament guard, like a like a security detail of the parliament, and uh, he was sentenced to seven years, I think, in prison. Um, and uh, an Albanian politician who was badly beaten, the one major incident in the storming of the parliament, he claimed that this policeman protected him to help him out. Uh, I mean, none of these people should be in prison, uh, at least not anymore. I mean, how many years have passed? Uh, uh, any reasonable sentence for like participating in a crowd and uh, and. Uh, uh, would have by now been, uh, would have served out the sentence. Uh, and uh, President Pendarovsky singled out this one defendant from the entire group and gave him a, a limited pardon. He's not being released immediately, but a limited pardon. Well, everybody else uh, remains in prison. So it's very notable that it's the only Albanian in the group that's receiving a pardon. And uh, e even after Pendarovsky himself said that uh, he does not consider the charges against the the defendants uh, of terrorism that the charge of terrorism is borne out. He think he he said it's ridiculous, and he has the pardon power, and he does not use it uh, against. They're they're trying to cut. He's trying to haggle with it. There are some deals apparently being made uh, uh, with Vomero, trying to have you know we'll release them, but you do this for us. They're they're holding the the defendants hostage and there is apparently a deal being made which the Albanians insist on that uh, once once the, the defendants for the April 27th storming of the parliament are released that at the same time we should release the uh, group of terror actual terrorists who attacked the city of Kumanovo uh, in on May 9th 2015 the Albanian terrorists and you know I'm actually said okay let's release them all on the condition that the Albanians are sent to Ukraine to join their uh, the <laughs> legion, which is being. I mean, they would love it. I, I'm sure they would love yeah. it there, and yeah. we, we we can. It it can be a win-win situation for everybody. <laughs>
Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, that was a good rundown on that. Um, we will see. Too bad that... Uh, I, you know, the, the, real briefly, and then we gotta close, i got to run. we got to close. I, I, I do think there is some goodness in, in, in President Pendorovsky. I, I think he could... <laughs> He could he could be good for Macedonia if he would do the right thing. A police All right. pigeon. On that note, <laughs> gosh, again, you know, we tried to start off on a high note and then <laughs> you dump all over it. Come just on, keeping man. it real. Just keeping it real. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. we'll uh, we'll uh, wrap this up, get this up online, and then I guess we'll talk again probably after the census results come out. Yeah, and, uh, definitely. And That's analyze those. And uh, what's that? That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. So that's next week. Uh, okay. All right. Well, we might we might have let's to end on an optimistic note. We might have better protection for our national identity in this country once we are a minority, because you know, under the constitution, you're not allowed to. Uh, the minority groups have extra voting power in parliament, especially on issues of renaming identity culture, etc. So it does not apply to the Macedonians now as a majority, but <laughs> if the, the numbers are massaged <laughs> enough, we, we can actually claim the, this protection. How, opt how optimistically perverse. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. Oh, well, that just goes back to what we said earlier about everything being upside down and yeah. left is right and right is left. And oh, it's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, we'll see. All right. Okay. Good catching up with you. You too, buddy. Take care. You too.